0: Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life.
1: Isn't that awesome what you're a part of? I love... Seeing our students' lives being transformed and changed. And I just want to say this um, Julie and I, we are so proud of our student pastors and our student teams and all the volunteers that gave up their vacation time to go out and hang out with students, stinky students working outside for all those days. So if you were one of the volunteers, thank you. All the, uh, the production teams and creative worship teams, it was, a, like Julie said, not just a, a moment, but a moment that's going to mark the rest of their lives, and we're so grateful for you. want to welcome everybody joining us today at all of our different campus locations. Happy Sunday to you and everybody joining us online. Hey, online, you've heard me say, if you're online and local, you need to get here. Now, if you're just home, you know, if you're home because of health, stay home and take care of yourself. But if you're home because of habit, because you just like watching your PJs, take a shower, get to church. You need to be here. We need you here. It'll help you when you get here. One of our locations near you. Hey, today I want to I talk about something that is obviously very important to Jesus, It's obviously important to Jesus because before he started his public ministry that would take him to the cross, he did this thing. When you read through the Bible, you see a lot of ink on paper given to talking about this topic that we're going to talk about today. And in his final words to his followers, Jesus is talking about this thing. Now, final words that somebody says before they go, those are important words, Like like the final words before somebody dies, they're on their deathbed, the last thing they're talking about, those are those are trust, those are significant, heavy words. Like people aren't talking about the weather or the stock market, as good as it may be. Or who's gonna feed the cat? They don't care. Maybe the dog, but not the cat. No, no, the words, the final words that somebody shares, those are significant words. Now Jesus was not getting ready to, to die. He had already done that. He had already gone to the cross, paid the penalty for our sin, was put in a tomb and three days later rose up from the grave, spent 40 days with his followers in and around Jerusalem and the Galilee. But these are the words that he spoke right before he ascended into heaven to be seated with the Father. And they are found in multiple gospels, but let me read to you out of Matthew 28, verse 19, these final words that Jesus gives to us, his followers. He says, therefore go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very ends of the age. Now this passage is known and labeled as the Great Commission. It is the Great Commissioning of the church. Jesus, kind of given us his marching orders of what we're to be about, what we're to do, what we're to focus on while he's away until he comes back. Now at Christ Fellowship, we've always said that a a great commitment to the Great Commission will grow a great church. So we wanna have a great commitment to this great, we're committed to these words. Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations. That word nations is better translated all people groups. Go, go tell people. Go tell people who don't know me about me. Go. That's your focus. That's where I'm sending you, to your neighbor that doesn't know me yet. Go. To your coworker that doesn't know me yet, your friend that doesn't know me yet, to the family member. Go. And that word go actually translates as you go. As you're living your life, remember you're not just living your life. You gotta remember that you are on A mission. Church, do you understand that? You personally have a divine calling from God that is on your life, that regardless of what your career is, your calling is to make disciples. That is your calling. Let that settle in for a minute, because you might think, what am I called to do? Who am I called to be? What is my calling? I'll tell you what your calling is. Jesus told you right here. You and I are called to go make disciples. It says in the Gospel of Mark, in, in this great commission, it says, go into all the world and make disciples, all the world. That's why Christ fellowship, we, we are committed to our outreach and our missions. We are, let me tell you, if you don't know, we are an outwardly focused church. We're not focused inward. We're not just worried about us four and no more. No, no, no. We, we, we are, we are consumed by what we want. We are consumed by who they need. They need Jesus. People need to know that God loves them and that Jesus came for them to have this life that is abundant and full, and so our focus is on on them. Our focus is on getting this message out. We are called to impact our world with the love and the message of Jesus Christ every one, every day, everywhere we go. That's why our students, for their student weeks of camp, They don't just go ride horses and swim in lakes. That's fine if others do that. But man, they're gonna, they had fun, but they were also out serving in the community. They were feeding the homeless. They were looking after people that other people have forgotten about. Why? Because of this great commission. It's why today there are literally thousands of orphans around the world that you are taking care of. In India, and in Africa, and down in Haiti, you are providing housing and, and food for them, Christ Fellowship, you're a part of that. Every time we give, you're a part of helping them know the love of God in a practical way so they can then hear about the message of Jesus. You're helping us care for human trafficked victims here in South Florida and, and over in Europe and, and over in Thailand, you're doing that. Why? Because of the Great Commission. We have to go and tell them and reach people that are not being reached. Go tell all people groups. Why we gotta keep launching campuses? It is why we had to launch a campus in Vero Beach and Riviera Beach during a pandemic. Hey, Vero, Riviera Beach, we love you. We had to go. And and it's why we gotta go to Boca, it's why we're gonna go to Westlake, it's why we had to reclaim our Trinity over here, this Trinity campus, so it's not just a subdivision, but man, we are reclaiming that place to build it for the kingdom of God. That's why, because of this commission. But can I tell you, this is not just something that we're supposed to do together as a group, which we are, but this is actually very personal. If you are a Christ follower, then this is your commission. This is from Jesus to you. As you go to work this week, make disciples. As you go to school, students, in a couple weeks, make disciples. As you go to the grocery store and as you go to the gym, be aware that you are called to make disciples. Now, a disciple is a follower of Jesus, okay? Now, listen up for this, this is important. It's somebody who has decided, I am gonna follow Jesus. Our goal is not to make converts. Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and make converts. Just get them to pray a prayer and move on. No, no, no. He actually says, go and make disciples. A disciple is somebody who's gonna follow Jesus, follow his teachings, follow his ways. Now, before they can follow, they've gotta be converted. So yes, conversion is important in preaching the gospel so that they can pray and receive and start the journey is important, but we don't stop there. See, as a church, our, our mission as a part of this co-mission, is to help people know God and to grow in that relationship with God and with God's family, which is why, one of the reasons you'll hear us talk all the time about the importance of groups, because we want you to grow up. You gotta group up so you can grow up because you need more than an hour and five minutes on Sunday morning for your faith to grow stronger. You need, and you that are already strong, you need to be pouring into the body and the new believers so they can, they can grow strong. See, it's in a group where you're going to learn how to read this Bible and understand this Bible and study it and follow it. It's in a group that someone's going to pray with you and challenge you in an area of your life that you didn't even see it's in a group where you're gonna learn how to, how to pray and how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and follow him. So you've gotta group up to grow up. And in a couple weeks, we're gonna be launching our fall season of groups here at Christ Fellowship. And let me just tell you, you just need to make the decision right now, I am gonna grow up my faith in Jesus Christ because I don't wanna stay where I am right now. I'm gonna group up to grow up. Look again at that verse, Matthew 28. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus says, go and make disciples, baptizing them. In his final words, he's talking about baptism. And he puts it right up there with evangelism, go share, baptize, and teach. It's, it's right, why would Jesus, with some of his, just final words that he has to his followers, why would he be talking about baptism unless it is more significant than we know. Unless it holds a key to something in our spiritual journey that we maybe have not really fully grasped. When you read the book of Acts, where the church of Jesus Christ got started on the day of Pentecost, you see over and over again in the book of Acts, baptism showing up and playing a very significant part in a believer's journey. In Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, uh, the, the, the disciples and all the followers were in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they go out and begin to preach. And Peter stands up and preaches a, a message that all of the people ask. They ask back to him, They say, What must we do to be saved? What do we do now? And like, in light of this amazing grace that you're telling us about, what is our response? And in verse 38, Peter looks at the crowd, and this is what he says to them Repent and be baptized. Say those next few words with me. Every one of you, stop there. Repent and be baptized, I say to you. Every one of you, every one of you repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Repent and be baptized. Now, repentance is not a word we talk about a whole lot anymore, right? But it actually is a very simple word. You've heard me explain it this way. I'm heading in one direction. And then I'm I'm aware that I'm heading in the wrong direction. And repentance is stopping and turning 180 degrees and walking in the opposite direction. So repentance is understanding, God, I can't go my own way anymore. I've been walking my own way. I've been doing my own thing. I've been thinking how I've been wanting to think, living how I want to live. But now I realize it's not taking me where I need to go. So I'm going to stop. I repent for heading that way. And I'm going to turn and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, which means there are some things... I'm not going to do anymore because I'm, I'm not going that way. There's some places I'm not going to go anymore because I'm not, go- are y'all with me this morning? <laughs> There's some things we cannot do anymore because now we're going a different way. And those things are not on the way of Jesus. I'm walking a new way. See, I'm afraid some people have prayed a prayer, but they never repented. May have raised a hand, but... Nothing ever changed. Just kind of still going the way I was going. And you know, I'll bring Jesus along. You know, I'll drag him with me my way. No, it doesn't work that way. He doesn't want to go that way. He's going in a different way. And so to repent means I recognize. I can't keep going my own way because my own way is not gonna lead me to where you got for me and the life you have for me. So, so I repent and I turn. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean that you never fail, but it means, man, I'm moving in the direction of Jesus. I'm moving in his way. I'm afraid some of us today need to actually repent. And if you've never repented of your sin and said, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I keep thinking my way's better. Today, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer in a little bit And you can say, I'm sorry, I repent and I turn. Now, many of you have repented. You have genuinely said to God, God, I am sorry for going my own way. I repent and I turn. But notice it doesn't stop there. Peter didn't just say, repent, turn, follow Jesus. He said, repent and be baptized. Some of you have prayed a prayer and you've repented and you're on the journey of following Jesus, but you you haven't been baptized yet. And you haven't gone public with your faith. And that's what baptism is. Baptism is just going public with what you believe. You're letting everybody know. I'm letting you know, man, I am following Jesus. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up still. But man, my heart is his. I'm going public with my faith. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation for everybody who believes, Paul says in Romans 1.16. I like to put it this way. Baptism is a public expression of a personal experience. It is a public expression, so everybody can see, about a personal experience. Because when you turn and repent and follow Jesus and ask Christ into your life, that is very personal. That is between you and the Lord. Nobody else can see that. Nobody else was there. That's between your spirit and his spirit, right? But although your faith is meant to be personal, it is never meant to be private, your faith needs to go public. Your faith needs to be shared. Your faith needs to get out so that others can know and hear and see what this life is all about. Some of you need to go public with your faith today. Baptism, I also say it's a, it's, it's a, declar- it's a declaration, a public declaration about a new association. You're letting everybody know about your relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, some of you need to update your relationship status. You know what I'm talking about? Like you need to go on and update it. When Jefferson, our son, got married last year, he had to go onto Facebook and update his relationship status. Either he did it or Cassie did it for him, I'm not sure, but they did it. You gotta, some of you need to update your relationship. You need to let some people know you are taken. Your heart belongs to Jesus. I'm not saying you got to put that on social media, but it wouldn't be bad. It would be a, a good thing to put on social media. You need to make the declaration. That's what baptism is. It's a declaration about your association with Jesus. But there's a couple things this declaration requires. First, this declaration demands a commitment. It demands a commitment. It's, it's not just a cute little celebration, a religious celebration. It is a declaration that demands a commitment to this relationship to Jesus. Think about a wedding. Uh, all the time and, and the muddy and the preparation that goes into that wedding ceremony. People flying in, at least they used to, fly in from all over the country for big wedding, big celebration, I remember ours. People came in from everywhere. We had hundreds of people at our wedding. Big celebration, at, just so that we can tell everybody, hey, y'all, we're getting married. Hey, I love this girl. I am committing my life to her, right? It's why we do it. That's what baptism is. It's a big celebration about your association and your commitment to Jesus. You've made a commitment to him and you want everybody to know about this commitment of following Jesus that you've made. Several years back, uh, we took a trip to Israel, church trip to Israel. And as a part of every church trip we take to Israel, we go to the Jordan River where we have a a time of worship service and baptism. People get baptized. Some that have never been baptized before get baptized right there in the Jordan River where Jesus got baptized. It's amazing. And so one of the trip we finished baptizing our group and as we were getting out of the water, this group of people from India came down to the water and they didn't have a pastor with them. And they asked, are any of you pastors, would you baptize us? And so, of course, Dad and I, we, we stayed in the water for about another half hour, 40 minutes, baptizing these men and women individually as they came in the water to make a public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ. I believe there's a picture they have of us baptizing uh, one of these brothers that were uh, from India there, Dad and I baptizing him in the Jordan River. Now, for these Indians that were coming, they, they, weren't, they weren't getting baptized in the Jordan River just because everybody does that when you go to Israel. That's not why they were, they were doing this. See, to the people from, from that culture, baptism in Jesus actually means something very, very significant. See, in the Hindu religion, they have many gods. In fact, they have millions of gods, 33 million gods. So if somebody, a Hindu, wants to just add Jesus as 33 million and one, they don't care. Doesn't really change anything, just adding Jesus in. Which I could preach a whole message about people who try to add Jesus in, and it doesn't change anything. But that's not my message today. But the moment that a person from India or from that previously Hindu religion decides to say, no, 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 I am following Jesus and Jesus only, I am turning my back on all the other gods of of my ancestors and all the other things I followed and I am dedicating my life to Jesus, that's what baptism represents to them. And they can be disowned for that. That's what those people were doing that day in the Jordan River. And I believe that is a more biblical perspective of what baptism really is. I am fully committed to Jesus, and I want everybody to know, I don't care what it means for me, I don't care what it might happen or not happen, I am committed to Jesus. And some of you need to make that declaration today because you've never made that declaration, and today is the day you're gonna declare, I'm fully committed to Jesus. Second, de- second thing this declaration demands is, is change. Baptism is all about change. The old is gone, and the new gone. Is here right? Go back to the wedding analogy for a minute. When I got married, a whole lot of things changed. Like right away, we got to go on a honeymoon. What? Yes, and move in together. It was awesome. Things changed when we got married. I had to. I had to change. I had to learn how to love Julie, to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I had never done that before. Julie had to learn how to cook. She had never done that before. Great job. A lot changes when you, when you, when you get married. I, see, see, the wedding, that wedding was the declaration of this commitment, but it required a, a change. I couldn't go back to just living like a bachelor. I couldn't go back to just dating other girls. No, 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 I had, I had made a commitment. That declaration of that wedding changed everything. And so it is with your life in Jesus and baptism, it's a declaration that requires change. There's some things that God is gonna to wanna to change on the inside of you, let him do it. Commit to the process of of being changed, to becoming a, a different person, to loving people the way that he wants you to love them. Old ways that need to go so you can walk in the new way. Paul says this in Romans chapter six when he's explaining baptism. He says this, verse three, when we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind, and when we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace. Look at this, a new life in a new land. That's what the baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. And when we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul goes on to say in that passage, our old life is buried so we don't keep on sinning. We don't keep on living our old way. That part is buried and dead. Now we live a new life. Reminds me of a scripture in 2 Corinthians where it says, if anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I want you to hear one story today about one life that has gone through this season of change in her life. Her name is Audrey and she wants to get baptized today to make a public declaration of her faith. So we're gonna jump out to one of our outside pools. They're at all of our campuses today and uh, let's celebrate with Audrey today.
0: Hey, thanks, Pastor Todd. I am out here today with Audrey and we've been celebrating Movement Camp early in our services today. And we've talked about how every number at Christ Fellowship has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to God. And Audrey, you are one of the hundreds of students that participated in Movement Camp and you had some dynamic moments out there with the Holy Spirit. Tell us, what did the Holy Spirit speak to you at Movement Camp? Um, So while at Movement Camp, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that I need to love and see people the way God does and not judge them before getting to know them and just realize the reason he's put them in my life. I love that. And I love that the Holy Spirit is speaking to this generation and that the Holy Spirit spoke to you. And why today are you declaring your public faith for Jesus? Um, I wanted to declare my public faith to Jesus today because um, I felt it was time for me to make this decision of getting baptized. And I felt the Holy Spirit just telling me that I need to take this step of obedience in public with my faith in Jesus. I love that. I love that. Well, Audrey, it's my privilege today to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death, yes. raised for all, the newness of life. Come on, church, that's
1: worthy to be celebrated. Come on now. I love that our students are leading us. Audrey is one of 100 students that are getting baptized today across all of our campus locations. How great is that? So a couple things I wanna share with you about baptism before you go get baptized. First, you need to know baptism doesn't save you. Only faith in Jesus saves you. You don't have to do anything. Jesus did it all by what he paid the penalty of sin on the cross for us. And all you do is just receive his grace and mercy. But baptism is an outward expression of that personal experience. It's like this wedding ring. This wedding ring doesn't make me married to Julie. My vows and my commitments that I made to her make me married to her. This is just an outward symbol, an outward sign of that inward commitment and devotion that I've made to my wife and let you know I'm taking y'all. Hey. Secondly, I've had people ask me, well, Todd, I was baptized as a baby. Does that count? I can tell you, your baby baptism was good for your parents. But you don't remember it. You were just laying there in, right you don't have any recollection of anything going on hey listen baby baptism is fine because it's your parents heart to present you to god but can i tell you that's not in the bible it's not in the word of god baptism in the word of god is believers baptism once you came to faith then they believed they believed and they were baptized they were believed they believed and they were baptized so the fact that you were baptized maybe as an infant beautiful foundation for your life beautiful expression of your parents heart to want to raise you in the ways of God, but now it's your turn to make your own steps. So I have a question for you today. If you have given your life to Jesus, why haven't you been baptized? Like, this is one of the most simplest ways to express your obedience and love and devotion for Jesus. Now, there could be a a few reasons. Um, Maybe you never understood the importance of it. Today you have. Maybe, Maybe you have a fear of water. We've had people in our church, actually a lady here that was afraid of water, and so she put off getting baptized for many years. When she finally went out into one of the baptismal pools, the pastor went to go baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and she was like, three times, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, no. it's like, what is going on? Do we need to cast out the devil? What is happening here? Now she was just afraid of water. So they talked about it and decided if she could just dip down, under the water, she'd be okay instead of going back. So we did it, she dipped down, she's fine, she's baptized, woo! Your excuse might be, well Todd, I, I wasn't planning on it, so I, I don't have I don't have a change of clothes, I don't have a towel, we got you covered. We have t-shirts, shorts, and clean towels for you. Hey, no excuse, and you live in Florida, you're gonna get wet later today anyway. It's gonna rain, I promise you, so just go with it, right? Maybe I've heard people say, well I just need to pray about it, I just, I just need to pray. But no, you don't. We're not talking about you changing careers or moving to Africa. We're talking about you obeying Jesus and you don't need to pray about it. As your pastor, I'm telling you, you just need to do it. You need to step out and do it, right? So in a minute here, we're gonna, we're gonna dismiss and those of you that have not yet been baptized but you're giving your life to Jesus, you're gonna go get baptized and we're all gonna be out there celebrating. But there's one reason why maybe you wouldn't get baptized today. And it's if you have never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered control of your life to him. You've never repented and said, I wanna follow you. and so I'm. I want to lead you in a prayer right where you are. Would you bow your heads with me across all our locations today? And if you would say, Todd, today I need to get my life right with God. I, maybe I prayed a prayer one time, but I never, I never repented of my sin. I've never really turned. Today I, I, want to, I want to turn. Today I want to declare my love for God and I want to have that right relationship with Jesus and I want to invite him in my life. If that's you today, I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you would say, Todd, would you include me in this prayer? Then right where you are, would you just raise a hand up? Just hold it up high. Don't be ashamed. You're like, yes, I want everything Jesus has for me. I don't wanna miss out on any, the life he's got for me, that's right. We're all gonna pray this prayer out loud, but those of you with your hands up, this is your prayer today. Let's pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I repent of my sins. I turn and follow you. And I promise to follow you, the best I know how, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you help me thank God for all those that made that decision today to follow Jesus?
0: Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.